Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of our individual podcast, another video. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I'm Om Patel, of course, here with J.L. Hans, the young, outstanding individual. Jay, how are you doing today, man? I'm great and great to chat with you. It's awesome. We talked at the beginning of the IPL, so I think it's only fitting that we talk here now at the end of it. And we're just going to do it like we did it from the start. We're going to go down the points table. So, Jay, obviously, we're starting with my team, the Gujarat Titans, who finished in their first year atop the table as the champions. Tell me what you thought about this side all throughout the IPL. Well, I remember in our preview, when we were previewing this IPL, we didn't really give Gujarat too much of a chance. But, I mean, to win the IPL um, and... They performed really well, I think, especially the way Hardik Pandya was able to bring the best out of these players. Um, personally, you know, great job to his captaincy and then himself also stepping up with these new roles he played with the bat, with the ball. So overall, I feel this Gujarat side, they on paper weren't the best team. And we saw that at the beginning, but the way they played throughout this tournament the way they came together, gelled on the field, it was just brilliant to watch. It was brilliant to watch. And I had the same concerns. We talked about it. I just didn't like the construction of the roster. I didn't, I didn't like the pickup of Vijay Shankar. And I didn't know what he was doing in the lineup for most of the time. Then I saw Riddhaman Saha and I was like, how can he play out? And to Gujarat's credit, everyone played out. Hardik Pandya was terrific in identifying the role, said, this is your role. And just backed his guys, Rahul Tawatiya came in with some big innings again. They were masters of the chase this year, struggled defending, but they didn't have to defend much because they only lost four games. So anytime they were sent in a chase, it was terrific. Hardik Pandya looks like the old Hardik Pandya playing in good form with the bat and the ball. And it was just all around spectacular to watch. They dominated the whole way through, top the table. Then they win the first qualifier straight to the final and they win straight through that as well. Shubman Gill stepped up all the pieces they needed it fell into place and it was a magical debut season for them. Yeah, and I, I think I was reading somewhere actually that for this Gujarat side, I mean, obviously they've won 12 games total, right? 10 in the league stage and the two in the qualifiers. Yep. So in those 12 games, only Shubman Gill has gotten more than one man of the match award, which he got two man of the match awards. Otherwise, there was always a different player. So those different players stepping up, no really over-reliance to say on one player, a couple of players. So I think that also really helped this Gujarat side. Oh, it absolutely did. And you saw contributions from everybody. First couple matches, Shuman Gill was in such great form. Hardik Pandya played terrifically. Rahul Tawatiya, like we mentioned, David Miller was a sensation for them in the middle order, really uh, stuck things in. Sai Sudarsan, I thought, came in and had some good knocks. Didn't have a lot of time there, but I thought he was good in the time that we saw. They brought in Azari Joseph for a couple of matches. Sai Kishore was great. Rashid Khan was Rashid Khan. Lucky Ferguson bowled terrific. Mohamed Shami had his say. I mean, everybody that you wanted to make an impact made an impact. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You pick all these players and you're hoping all of them contribute. And to the fullest extent of that word, every single member of this Gujarat Titan squad really contributed. Yeah, they, they really did. And... No, from the top there, there were a couple of changes Gujarat made in their team in the season. Um, some out of form, some injuries, but whoever came in, they came in, they made an impact. All the other players as well. Um, so overall, I feel the way this side's come together, it's 
it's it's been great to watch their rise you know they if if you look at all the teams in the IPL um as as we've said before you know this gujarat side you don't have too many expectations from them yeah but i feel the way they played they really exceeded all expectations i mean winning the IPL who would have thought at the beginning no one would have especially me after i saw vijay shankar got selected that was just that was the one thing for me i said if that if he plays we're not winning no disrespect to vijay shankar is just a fact about the ipl we'll move on to the runners up now because this was a team that i talked about in the uh, you know the pre ipl discussion we had that i thought really stood out from the auction i thought had a really good mix of players from both the batting and bowling department and i thought could wind up in the final if not winning the whole thing and they were right there. The Rajasthan Royals really impressed me this year. Jahal, of course, making RCB pay for not paying him and keeping him there. Uh, and then you talk about Josh Butler with the bat. I mean, enough said. Josh Butler was Josh Butler, and he kind of anchored this team all the way through the IPL. Jay, what stood out to you most about the Rajasthan Royals? I mean, their their entire side is just filled with X factors, match winners. Anyone in their side can on their given day just run away with the game and mm-hmm. we saw that in this IPL right Josh Butler the highest run scorer he was winner chel the highest wicket taker so they've got both the orange and purple caps um and the likes of players like Ravi Chandra and Ashwin stepping up with both bat and ball right from Ashwin you think of him more as a test specialist type of player right he does a bit in ODIs T20s right he can do well but you don't expect those match winning performances from him and that's what we got to see otherwise guys like devdat padikal or yashasvi jaiswal towards that second half of the tournament he did extremely well so overall i feel the rajasthan royals side it was it was balanced and it, it really did well the players they came together and we saw a lot of players stepping up for them oh absolutely and again the list just goes on and on you talked about the padikals the jaiswals uh Josh Butler, Sanju Samson and the batting still went on. Shrom Hetmeyer, Vanderdussen came in for a bit. Trent Bolt we haven't even gone to was absolutely spectacular. Prashant Krishna bowled really well, the young Indian uh pace bowler. Uh Kuldeep Sen came in and was good uh, when he was in there as well. I mean everybody like we said with Gujarat stepped up. Um I was really really impressed with uh Ravi Chandran Ashwin because I thought you know, when I first saw him come in, like in the one down spot, I was like, what are they doing? This doesn't make any sense. You have so many batsmen and you're plugging in Ravi Chandran Ashwin and he goes on to win games. And again, CSK was the guy to get it done. I mean, consistently on a great basis. And he was, just, he just stepped up to the plate and I was super impressed with Ravi Ashwin. I love this team from the get-go and I just thought they impressed me the further we went on throughout this tournament. Yeah, and then another player, Shimron Hetmeyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really—I mean—in this IPL, three hundred and fourteen runs, average nearly forty-five, strike rate of above one fifty. So, with the batting, we saw Josh Butler playing really well. The uh, Padikal um, and Jaiswal at the top. Samson also had his good moments, but down the order towards that finishing role, I feel the the way Shimron Hetmeyer played—it was just such a crucial part of the side. Oh, absolutely. And it showed some maturity for him because I thought at first he felt a lot like Rishabh Pant where he would just come in and try to hit from ball one. This year, you saw him kind of be a little bit more methodical. Yes, play his shots, but just wait for that delivery because he knows he has all the power in the world. Special to watch, special to watch that Rajasthan Royals team. I was, I was happy as a Gujarat Titans fan 
upset as a guy who likes good cricket when I saw Rajasthan won the toss and elected to bat first and did not send Gujarat into bat first because Gujarat has been a side that loves to chase. Um, and again, the wicket, they've used it a couple of times. I still would have sent Gujarat in to defend and say, try to defend a total rather than chase one down. But it was a great season for them. They came up just a touch short. But this is a team, if they can keep a lot of these players, they're going to be right back in this conversation next year. Yeah, and with no really mega auction coming up, then these players, they're going to be set. This is basically such a similar team you're going to see from Rajasthan next season, from Gujarat next season. So I think it should be interesting to see um, the consistency of these players and if they're able to perform now going in to the next season because they're great players. We've seen them. They've proven themselves at this level, but really showing that consistency. So we'll have to look out for that next season as well. Absolutely. So we're going to jump to the team that finished fourth in, in terms of the standings, but ended up being the third place team because they won that first eliminator in RCB. Now, RCB had quite a year. It was filled with ups and downs. And to me, the story of their season was none other than Dinesh Karthik. I thought he kept them in so many matches, was in the form of his life, is back into a T20 squad because of what he did in this IPL. He was truly amazing for them. I thought their bowling kind of let them down, but what didn't do, Hasaranga was really good for them, came in and took some good uh, wickets. But man, Dinesh Karthik, I thought he kept up in so many matches. They had no business in being in the way their top order played at times. Dinesh Karthik saved their seasons, kept them in that top four, kept them to get past that first eliminator. Super impressed with Dinesh Karthik and RCB. They got paid the riches of what Dinesh Karthik was able to do. Yeah, and along with Dinesh Karthik, Shabazz Ahmed as well, I feel, mm -hmm. with the bat, he also really did well. Those partnerships he had, both the players coming in at times around like the 10th over, when their role is to be in those back two, three overs, finishing the innings off well, and the way they played, because Kohli wasn't in too good a form, especially um, up until the last couple of games where he got a couple of good innings, but... Overall, wasn't informed this season. Faf Duplessis, I mean, he scored a lot of runs at the end, but I think there were a couple of big innings from him, two or three 80s. But besides that, he also wasn't too consistent. Maxwell came into the side late, did pretty well with the bat. But overall, the way Dinesh Kartik Shabazz Ahmed played and the way he switched gears from playing that rotating strike type of innings, rebuilding the innings, to then... Coming in, just hitting the ball everywhere, finishing the innings off well. So I think overall, that was also a great positive from these two. Oh, absolutely was. I thought uh, Fadadar in the um, elimination games were was unbelievable. Right? Scoring a 50 against Rajasthan that really made them, it kept a minute against Lucknow. He was the guy without his century. They are out of the books and they are dead in the water. Um, it, there was a lot of guys who stepped up for this team. Unfortunately, Virat Kohli was not the greatest. The Knicks Faf, you know, started the season not pretty decently, but really didn't pick anything up. Glenn Maxwell, while he made up, might have had one of the funniest clips all year to me when he was talking to Virat Kohli, he said, you run ones and twos, I don't. I can't run that fast. I thought that was one of the best moments of the IPL. Didn't really have one of the best innings in the IPL. Uh, but this team, they found a way to rally around each other I, I thought, honestly, that their bowling wasn't the standard I was looking for. Hazelwood was solid at times. I thought Siraj was scattered. Harsha Patel didn't really have that X factor. What did you think about the, uh, the RCB bowling attack? Yeah, I think once Hazelwood came in for the first couple of games, he really did well. 
And towards the back half, I think Harshal Patel, he also really improved his bowling, kind of showing signs from what he did last year as well in the IPL, so that consistency we're seeing from him. But overall, I think it could have been better. They were lacking that spinner, that spinner to go along with Hasaranga. And I feel when you're playing in India, those spinning tracks, you want to have that extra spinner. And so dropping Yuzi Chahal, I think that was a big mistake they made. And having him in the side, I think they would have reached the finals if not won it. It would have been a big difference to them because that's an extra wicket taker. And again, we all come back from the retentions and we're saying, where is Yuzendra Chahal for RCB? Why is it Mohamed Siraj? I get Mohamed Siraj you know, show some signs, but I think it, you can find another Mohamed Siraj before you can find another Yuzi Chahal. Just the way the leg spinners have come about, he's always amongst the wickets. He's a big part of that team. That left me shocked preseason and left me shocked during the season. And again, like you said, it's probably a big reason why they're not in the finals or holding the cup this season. Yeah, and having having a look at this, in India, there's, there's an abundance of cricketers, but at that level, there's an abundance of fast bowlers. There's just so many coming up, uh, especially over the past couple of years. And spinners, leg spinners, like someone like Chahel, there are those spinners in India, but you won't get another Yuzvinder Chahel, as you said. And so Siraj, quality bowler, would love to see more of him in the future. But if it was between Siraj and Chahel, especially in Indian conditions, I think they had to go Chahel and that mistake really may just have cost them big time here. I think it definitely did. We'll jump into the team that they beat. However, the Lucknow Super Giants in their inaugural year, a team I really liked. I love what they did in the auction. I know Jay was a big fan of it as well. They finished third in the table, fourth overall because they lost that first qualifier. Jay, talk me through what you saw at a Lucknow this season. Well, Lucknow, I feel uh, they had a lot of all-rounders, so that batting depth, those bowling options. But despite that, I feel that it was, with the bat, it was up to KL Rahul and Quinton Dickow. If they perform, Lucknow, they'll do well, they'll win the game. But if they get out cheaply, then really you're relying on the all-rounders who didn't bat too much in the season. And that's when Lucknow really had their troubles. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to get straight to it. I don't know how against RCB you play Evan Lewis and not Jason Holder, especially if you're going to have Evan Lewis bat at the order he did. He didn't come in in the top three, not top four, not top five, came in six down. That's a Jason Holder central right there. Gives you overs with the ball. I thought Lucknow were up and down all year. I thought Kundakak and Gerahul took time to really get it going. Gerahul, of course, scoring. Uh, a bunch of hundreds in this IPL. Quindicock having one of the best innings we've ever seen in IPL history. But I thought they were just up and down. They they didn't really have any sort of chemistry going. They didn't have that consistency going. And I just I just saw they didn't play Marcus Soinus enough. I thought when it mattered, they didn't play Jason Holder. And to me, that was why I really loved this team was that all-rounding options in Stoinis, in Holder, in Pandia. And then you could also play Hudda as a fourth all-rounder, and those are all guys who on Indian soil are quality bats, and at least three of the four are quality bowling options, and Huda can give you some part-time overs if you need it. I thought that was what set Lucknow apart, and the fact that they played Evan Lewis to me was really where I thought they, as soon as I saw the 11, I said RCB are going to win, because I didn't trust 
what Lucknow was without Jason Holder. To me, that was a big blunder. And I, I just, I could, I don't have a reason for it. I like always try to find that reason. Okay, why they do it. I don't have it. Jay, do you have a reason for me? You like to enlighten me for that or something about? No, I'm, I'm with you on that because Jason Holder, he's a quality player with bat and ball. If you want to play a top order batsman, then, you know, 100% go for someone like Evan Lewis. But since it was lower down the order here, Mm-hmm. To play um, someone like Evan Lewis there, it, it really didn't make sense. And the situation he came in, and I mean, he's an opener. And yeah. to come in lower down the order like that, it, it, really, it really, I think, bamboozled a lot of people to say, where Lucknow, that decision may have cost them that spot to go to the next level, to go to that qualifier too. And to make such a big change was very interesting yeah and, he, and i was like i thought he played every, every game leading up to it so i just kept looking and i hadn't really seen him out of the 11 i've seen stoyness out of the 11 so if they were to drop marcus stoyness i wouldn't have liked it but i could at least understand it where stoyness wasn't a fixture in that 11 holder was there all year since he basically came off that covid list and he was crucial in death overs like the, the slower balls are terrific understands the game and at the end he can come in and slog. It's hard to bowl to a 6'8 West Indian. And trust anybody who's bowled to a 6'8 West Indian. They'll tell you, you pitch it anywhere, they're going on the front foot and putting it straight back down the ground. It's a tough deal to ask a lot of players, especially, you know, you're going to have two bowlers who probably aren't of international quality. Well, there you go. Jason Holder can start picking them apart. If Evan Lewis would have come in one down and then everyone else shifted, sure, I could have accepted it. But that, to me, was a big blunder. But it, w- it was a good season. I know we're focusing on this one thing, but it was a good inaugural year for Lucknow. I thought they kind of fulfilled really high expectations of they're going to finish in the top four and they could win the whole thing. I know that was my expectation for them. I thought they could win the whole thing. And they lived up to most of it. They got to the top four. You know, that's, oh, once you're there, you just need a ticket to the party. And I don't think you could ask for much more from Lucknow in an inaugural year. Yeah, Lucknow, they did really well. And also Deepak Hooda, we spoke about mm-hmm. him a bit earlier, but the way he played with the bat, I think he, he was a bit overshadowed by KL Rahul Quinton de Kock, the form they were going in, right? I think some of the top run scorers here might, I think both of them might be in the top five. Yeah. Or somewhere near there. But the way Deepak Hooda played, I think he was the third highest run scorer for them with the bat. Coming in at number three in that position, he also played some crucial innings, especially when a wicket fell. A couple of partnerships he had with KL Rahul as well. So he also played well, I feel, Deepak Huda. And Lucknow, once again, a good side. They've got all-rounders. They've got those floaters. So a lot of batting options as far as who bats where, depending on the situation. And so that way I felt Lucknow a balanced side and a flexible side, which is important in T20 for you. Oh, absolutely important in T20 cricket. And Deepak Kudda, he was, he was sensational. Let's just let's call it what it was. He was sensational. Came in, uh, you know, a bunch of 50s, had a 45 in the final match. So he was all over the runs, and he was a big part of why they had a lot, a lot of the success that they have. And I think he's going to make a, he's going to make a name for himself into squads for international cricket. I'm not sure he's quite an international cricketer. They're going to have success overseas. But definitely on the domestic circuit, he's going to be a high-value player for a lot of teams. We'll jump now to the Delhi Capitals, who just finished outside that top four, finished in the fifth spot, 
This is another team we saw could go either way. We thought they had a lot of really good options, good potential there. Uh, the likes of Rothman Powell, who we saw at Church Street Park for the minor league cricket championship weekend. Um, Andres Nokia, who was available later in the year. Risha Funt, of course. You're going to have a guy in Prithvi Shaw, David Warner. Um, Shardor Thakur comes over. Kuldeep Yadav was a sensation. Jitin Sakaria bowled well towards the end of the year. This Diddley team was up and down. I felt they struggled taking wickets early on. I thought their opening bowlers kind of let them down before Nokia got into the side. But I thought they were right there every single match. Jay, what did you think of the Diddley Capitals? Yeah, I think power play wickets definitely did hurt them. And I think in the first few games, three or four games, actually, I think they'd only gotten like one or two wickets in the power play or something like that. And Khalil Ahmed, he didn't play all the games. But when he came into the side, I feel he really did change some things for the Delhi Capitals. He turned things around. He's a wicket-taking bowler, does well in the power play. And so the inclusion of Khalil Ahmed is something which I did feel helped this bowling attack. Oh, it definitely did. And he's kind of one of these forgotten names in Indian cricket. Again, I think his days at the international level may have come to a close rather quickly. And that's rather disappointing. You know, lefty pacer, you always have high hopes. Uh, but I still think he is a very viable option on the domestic circuit. But we talk about that batting lineup. I was really fond of what they could do, especially that top four in terms of Prithvi Shaw, David Warner, Mitch Marsh, and then Rishabh Bunt. I thought that would be an interesting top four. I thought losing Marcus Sonius was big, but I, I, I was saying Robin Powell was going to be the guy who could really fill some shoes. I had him in our fantasy for the every all the weeks I had him, he wouldn't score. So I said, you know what? I got to make a change. I'm like dead last I made the change and as soon as I made the change he scores 50 and making all these highlights and I said all right Robin I see how it is it was but it was unfortunate for me as a fantasy owner but it was really cool to see a guy who we've seen in person play that well I thought he was sensation a sensation that really alongside Khalil Ahmed getting wickets in the power play I thought really propelled Dindley to that late final four push where they just finished outside yeah it, it really did and the loss of Marcus Stoinis, I don't feel it affected them as much, especially when you had someone like Robin Powell coming in. And the way he played, especially in that second half that and you speak about. And so Powell, I think, into the side definitely was a huge plus point for Delhi. Um, he, he is a bit of a high-risk player. Is Robin Powell, if he gets going, then he can really take games away. And we saw that, I think, in the India series before the India-West Indies mm-hmm. series, before the IPL, Robin Powell played a, go- a couple of good knocks there. And so overall, this batting lineup for Delhi, it was it was looking good. Um, David Warner, especially, right? he also came in late into the setup, but he did well. Prithvi Shaw giving those quick starts. And so overall, a good batting lineup. You've still got some younger players there like Sarfaraz Khan, Mandeep Singh. As those backup options are not terrible there. Pretty good if you want to bring them in um, in case of an injury. So I think overall, Delhi, they batted well. And moving moving back into their bowling, Kuldeep Yadav, I think we really saw Kuldeep 2.0 inside here, where he was getting wickets. Because he's someone we've seen who is a wicket-taking bowler. But then last year for KKR, didn't play all their games. KKR ended up dropping him. And now he comes into Delhi. And he's doing so well. So definitely, I think a Kuldeep 2.0 was something which I was personally really excited to see. 
Oh, it was great to see 14 matches, 21 wickets. So he was just exploding. And he, and again, we talked about them not able to take those early power play wickets. Well, as soon as they plugged them in, they, he was able to pick up those wickets. And this is a guy who went maybe from the pinnacle and the highest of highs in terms of Indian cricket to maybe one of the lowest points, because this was a guy who took six wickets in England. Everyone thought this is going to be, a, you know, a leg spinner that's going to be on the team for forever. It's a, you know, converted pace bowler. And he's this guy who's just going to turn everything around for Indian cricket. And I think Indian cricket kind of got exposed for having that long tail when they went to England. And, you know, he, he kind of faded in and out, was too slow through the air for, you know, T20 cricket, for ODI cricket. And he just wasn't getting the form and the production that you needed out of him. But this was a great return for him. Again, just fell all the way down, dropped from KKR. They, they'd rather go with other spinners. They'd rather go Sunonara and they'd rather go with Chakravarti other than um, Kuldeep Yadav. And now he's able to make a name for himself in Dili. I thought that was really cool to see. Yeah, I think for Dili, they, they, their opening bowling just let them down a bit. Um, again, Khalil uh, Ahmed made an impact. Nokia, of course, made an impact. But Shadur Takur, to me, was the key. If he would have gotten going in any, full, in any phase of the game, he could have been a difference maker for Dili. I really like this pickup for them. I thought he is someone who can, at least with the ball, take wickets early, and then with the bat can at least contribute in the back end. I thought he really struggled to do so in both sides. I know... Against Punjab, he ended up being the player of the match. but you, And that's what made it a little bit more frustrating for me because you, he showed that flash where he could take four wickets and you know score like 16 off six and it'd be really nice. And then he'd have these days where he was just too wide, too full, too this, too that. I thought his lack of consistency really hurt Dilly coming down the stretch. Yeah, and, and he's, he's a player who you've got high expectations for because with the bat, with the ball... Um, in Australia, I believe he did well. So you've, you've got a couple of those high expectations for him, but then when he doesn't perform, you're like, oh, almost there. You, you see those flashes of him. Yep. You see that ability he possesses, but then you know he's up in one match, then down in the next. So that's something from Shardul Tarkar, which I feel if he improves his consistency, we could really see him play a crucial role for Delhi, especially in the upcoming seasons um, to go. Now, uh, another point um, which uh, I wanted to see was that for, for, um, for the Delhi Capitals, until those last three matches where they won two out of the last three consecutively, before that, they, hadn't, they haven't won two consecutive matches in the entire season. Yeah, that's true. They haven't won two consecutive matches. And that's something... Which, you know, once you get on a winning streak, you want to really continue that. And you want to continue that. You want to keep on winning. And that's something which we didn't see here from the Delhi Capitals. Yeah, it was a really unfortunate way that, and it's true, like you're looking at it, you say win-loss, win-loss, win-loss on ESPN Greek Info when they tell you that. And you're like, when is there any gonna, ever going to be any consistency? But they still finished at the fifth spot. So I think, you know, they're going to say, okay, we were right there. Just got to get a couple things right into next year let's talk about one of the teams that they did beat in back-to-back games it was the Punjab Kings who finished in the sixth position the Punjab Kings I thought you know could be another side that if they were able to figure things out look decent enough and they have one of my favorite young Indian bowlers and that is Arshdeep Singh I love the left arm seam that he brings he's developed more variations the ball's now starting to swing a little bit more I'm excited to see that too uh, and he was 
he was pretty good all year long alongside Rabada, gave gave them a nice opening partnership. And then Liam Livingston, I think he speaks for himself. I thought he was a guy who came in, bat, ball, was absolutely terrific. Yeah, and overall, this this Punjab Kings side, I think they they have the big names. They they've got the players. Some of them are performing, but there there is quite a um, quite a bit of room for improvement. I think with mm-hmm. Mayan Kagarwal, the captain of the side, he personally didn't really lead from the front. Didn't have too good of an IPL season. Did Mayan Kagarwal, and then. There was also quite a bit of chopping and changing with the batting lineup, right? You had yeah. Johnny Bairstow in the middle. He didn't do too well there, so you promoted him up to the opening spot. He started now doing well with Shikhar Dhawan. Mayank Agarwal, instead of a number three position, which Punjab have done when they've had three openers in the past, one, two, and three. Mayank Agarwal, now you've got coming in at four. You've got the likes of Liam Livingston. He's in the side. Raja Paksa, who did well in a couple of games, some cameos he's playing. He's in and out. So some chopping and changing, moving around to the batting lineup. I think there was there wasn't really that consistency throughout games as as far as the eleven is concerned. Yeah. It, um, so I make daily IPL picks right when it was going on. I'm sure you do for your radio show whenever you come on. I do the same thing uh, for my radio show in North Carolina. And I did not pick the the Punjab Kings in a single match until we saw Johnny Bairstow opening when he was in the eleven. Until he opened. I didn't pick them in a single match. And I thought that to me, they played, I think, four matches with him in the 11 in the middle. And I said, this is a guy who, when he was with the Sunrisers Hyderabad, single-handedly was able to carry this team. Like He was one of the best run scorers. Him and David Warner just absolutely terrorized everybody. And you're saying, no, I need him in the middle. No, he has to open. It's that he's made to open here in the IPL. And to me, I was so confused because I see Agarwal like six. I see Agarwal at five. I see Agarwal at four. I see him everywhere except for three. And to your credit, they've done that in the past where they have three openers. All right, we're going to have Gale, Rahul, Agarwal. We're going to have Agarwal, Rahul, Gale. We're going to have those three. And he just wouldn't go into the number three spot. I thought that was a real miss for them all year long. I thought their bowling was quite good for most of the year. I don't think they gave up too many high scores. You know, again, of course, there's the anomalies here and there. But I thought their bowling on the whole was pretty decent. I thought their batting really let them down. Johnny Bairstow was great when he got into the opening spot. Shikhar Dhawan was solid. Liam Livingston was great in the middle. I just thought Mike Agarwal is mixing and meshing up and not understanding where his role was, was a real problem for what Punjab was. Yeah, and then having, having a look at that bowling, um, once again, I think Kagiso Rabada matching up with Arshdeep Singh, I think, Rabada, I feel, really played a mentoring role towards Arshdeep Singh. Mm-hmm. And Arshdeep, the way he bowled in the death was just absolutely brilliant, you know. Not conceding runs, getting those wickets. And almost, almost remind me of another young Indian bowler, Harshal Patel, and mm-hmm. the way he's been playing. So these death bowlers now that you're seeing in India, these young death bowlers, really is something which, personally, it's something to look forward to, I feel. Yeah. Um, Harshal Patel for RCB and now Arshdeep Singh for this Punjab King side and Kagiso Rabada, an excellent mentor there coming in and so really looking forward to seeing the two of them as well next season. Well, we spoke about opening problems for the Punjab Kings, not really understanding where they wanted to go. How about the KKR? Because they had some interesting stuff going on. They started out as one of the hottest teams. I think they were like 4-0 to start out this IPO. They were super hot. And I love them as a pick. I thought they could, if they could find an opener, they'd be just fine. This team fell apart in one of the most brutal collapses 
for a team that was so hot, so good, they lost the way to open. They had no one to open. They had they started the season with now um, I believe it was now the names have uh, preceded me. It's Ajinka Rahane and then the lefty who lefty all rounder that I cannot recall his name. Jay, Thank I mean, I'm you. Thank you so much. He has been out of the lineup for so long I can't even remember his name. Ajinka Rahane and Venkatesh Ayer. They started the season with them, and then in their final match, the opening eleven, or the opening pair ends up being. I believe it was Inderjeet and Aaron Finch. So they were cycling through, excuse me, it was not. It was Venkateshire and then Tomong. So they had a lot of people. They had, and the match before that was Inderjeet and Aaron Finch. They had so many pairs go up there. I thought, to me, that was really what hurt them. Sam Billings was solid. Dre Russ had some good innings. Shreyas Ayer was good all the way throughout. Their bowling, sure, it could have been better. But Umesh Yadav started out really well. Chakravarti was getting wickets. Southie was getting wickets. Even guys like Shiva Mavi and Uncle Roy were getting wickets. I thought to me their Achilles heel was the opening pair. Yeah, and um, another name there opened, I think, for a couple of games, Sunil Narayan. Sunil um, Narayan came back, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's also you have like five, six openers that you're trying out at the top. And that's really just a recipe for disaster for mm-hmm. KPR. Their middle order is doing well, their lower order is doing well. The way Andre Russell played, Sam Billings playing those supporting innings as well. At the death in the middle overs with Shreya Sayer, Nitesh Rana, Russell towards the death. And the way Russell batted, right? He did really well with the ball. Um, he also performed. But when you don't get off to a good start in the power play, up front, you're put on the back foot. And then oppositions with the quality that we've seen for bowling attacks in this IPL, they're going to keep you quiet, right? You're, it's going to take quite a bit to then bounce back. And we really didn't see that from KKR, despite the fact that their middle and lower order did really well this season. Yeah, they, they just they didn't find a way to bounce back. And again, this is a team that only won six games after getting on one of the hottest streaks uh, in the IPL. So it, it's a really unfortunate way for them to really finish their season. They had a lot of high hopes. I know the roster-wise, they felt pretty good. They get the new captain, but... They just could not figure out what they were doing in the opening. I didn't understand why Nithishrana wasn't giving more opportunities to open. I thought he was doing, I know he was doing well at the one down or at the two down spot, but if no one's working, why not try Nithishrana, a big explosive guy? You can have a Jinka Rahane with him and then you can slide down a Venkatesh Ayer maybe to a four and let him come in when the field is a little bit more open alongside Shreyas Ayer. I thought that might have been a better recipe for success uh, rather than just try to throw a bunch of different guys up top. Yeah, and now if we move into the bowling, um, I think Pat Cummins not performing was a big yeah. miss for them. But then the way Tim Saudi came in, did well. Um, he, he was getting those wickets. So I think that was a plus. And they dropped Venk- Venkatesh Ayer at the top. Um, and another young Indian player they dropped, this time with the ball, Varun Chakravarti. Yeah. Um, so also dropping him, I feel isn't really too great of a decision from KKR because yes, Chakravarti wasn't bowling too well, but he's he's someone who can, on his day, just spin a web around the opposition. Yeah, he can. And they did end up bringing him back at some point, but I just thought for Kolkata, they had all these options, right? Like you have Cummins, you have Southie, you have Chakravarti and Narayan. And it just never seemed to work. You never found your combination. And that was really disappointing because, again, they have all these options to go and play. We saw Pat Cummins with the bat 
have one of the best innings with the bat, and they just struggled all the way through. I mean, uh, we're about to run out of time on this Zoom call for everyone out there. So I'm going to get through this quick. Um, KKR, disappointing, finished to their IPL, and they finished at seven. Yeah, and um, an- another name there, which I feel did well, Umesh Yadav, and Umesh 2.0 we saw. Um, but now let's move into the next team, the Sunrisers Hyderabad, who not really too good of a season from them either. So as Jay said, we're headed into the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Uh, you know, Zoom can be a little bit funny, and that's what just happened. And the Sunrisers Hyderabad season was definitely funny. Started out down, then it went way up, and it came back down again. Uh, Jay, take us on this tidal wave that was the Sunrisers season. Well, I think SRH, they were, they were good in patches. Um, with the bat, their top five originally not doing well. They didn't have much depth in the side. Then their batsmen really did start doing well. Um, a couple of injuries also in the side. Bowling has always been a strength for Hyderabad, but the likes of uh, Washington Sundar getting injured. Natarajan was injured for a while. And injuries, I feel, did hurt SRH a bit. But then originally in the initial few games, also the lack of form for the top five. Yeah, the initial few games, a lack of form. And then we saw the likes of Abhishek Sharma start hitting and start scoring 75 off 50 against CSK. Kane Williamson was getting himself in there. Rahul Tripathi was really an unsung hero of this IPO, really performed well. I think he was amongst the top of the run scorers, um, maybe just missing outside that top five. Uh, Aiden Markram was really good for them down in the middle orders. I thought that was a big pickup for them. To me, what I struggled with was Udman Malik because he'd have the games right, take four wickets, and he was super sensational. But it was just that lack of consistency for me. And I know he's young, and I know he's hitting 150Ks plus that even. And it, it's truly phenomenal to see a young Indian pacer hitting and clocking those type of numbers. And it's, it's an exciting thing to see for the future of Indian pace bowling, especially as a pace bowler myself. I love to see that. But I just thought he sprayed a little too much. There was a lot of wide stuff. There's a lot of stuff drifting down to the legs where he was trying to overdo it. And I thought once, once they got into a slump, SRH, that's what really hurt them because the bowling was never going to get tighter than that, especially once they lost Natarajan to injury and Sundar to injury when a lot more pressure was put on to Odeman Malik for being that really containing bowler that's where, to me, they really started to fall off the wagon. Yeah, and Umran Malik, he had that five-wicket all, five for 25, I think, against Gujarat Titans. Yeah. After that, in the 10 overs he bowled, in the three games, he bowled 10 overs. He conceded, I believe, like 125 runs or so, I want to say, and did not get a wicket. So the thing with Umran Malik, he's got pace, which is exciting, and when he lands his pace right with the line in length, especially in that Gujarat game with the Yorkers, which were just yes. so tough to play at that speed. And just amazing to see. He does really well. But then when he doesn't, you've got just those fuller balls outside off some half volleys. Batsman just gets some bat on it and it's racing away to the boundary. And I think if we have a look at the majority of boundaries of Omran Malik's bowling, especially in those next three games after that Gujarat Titans game, it was just on the offside. Yeah. From long off to third man, just there on the offside, batsman, see the ball outside off, get a bit of bat on it, just place it well, and it's just going to race away. 
Absolutely. And for Uman Malik, especially in the T20 format, he doesn't have the variations of a Harsha Patel that the Arshdeep Singh is developing. So for him, it's fast, fast. And when nothing else works, it's fast again. And so as a batsman, if it's outside of your body line, you're saying this is the greatest thing ever because all I had to do is just put a little bit of wood on this one, little bit of willow on it, and it's bracing away. And so, you know, that's where he really struggled. Uh, I think for Ramon Malik, when you go into this offseason, it's, okay, let's develop my slower ball. Let's develop my off cutter. Let's develop my leg cutter. Let's try to see if we can get the ball to swing a little bit more. Yes, the pace is there, and you should keep working on that pace. But if you can start coupling that pace, if you imagine – you face as a batsman, you face three or four deliveries at 150 kind of coming onto your body. And that next ball is now 125. Now you have something that when things aren't going well, you have that change up. And to me, that's what SRH needed at some point. They struggled with without Natarajan to have that change up delivery that could really trouble the opposition. Yeah. And mentoring Umran Malik now, Dale Stain in the SRH camp. So yeah. That's something I'm looking forward to. If Umran Malik, Dale Stain, both in SRH for the next couple of years, then we could really see one of, um, this is jumping a bit too far, but we could see one of the best fast bowlers that India ever has because he's got pace and now what he needs is line and length. You look at a lot of Indian bowlers, they've got line and length, but they don't have pace. And now you've got someone in Umran Malik who's got pace, He's shown how good his Yorkers can be. He's shown some potential there. And I think have groomed well with the likes of Dale staying there in the side um, as a mentor for him. Umran Malik, his growth now in the next couple of years is really going to be something to look out for. And so it's interesting that you brought that up because I have this point. I remember I'm a fast bowler, so I get, you know, a lot of people tell me this and that. And everyone says when your kid just bowl fast. Well, you'll hear two different perspectives of it. Then I'll take it from an Indian perspective and a Pakistani perspective. As a lot of times you see Indian pace bowlers who grew up in the farm system and a lot of those coaches will tell you, find your line and length. And then as you get bigger, your pace will come. But as long as you have that line and length, you're going to be successful. The opposite approach is taken through most of the world when developing pace bowlers. And especially in Pakistan, where you see an abundance of them, it's go and rip it. Bowl as fast as you can, and then you can always learn line and length. And that's a real thing that I think it's kind of backwards for us to watch, especially when we're watching an Indian player, for them to not have that line and length part figured out, but have the pace thing going for them. Because it's just different to what we've been accustomed to. So for Udman Malik, it's, yeah, keep working on your pace. And now is the time to work on that line and length. And you're exactly right, where this kid could be one of the best Indian pace bowlers of all time, if not the best, and could end up being maybe one of the best bowlers on the entire planet because of the pace that he has, if he can find the line and length. To me, where I struggle for him outside of the IPL and maybe into other formats is just his lack of sideways movement. I think his balls are pretty straight all the way through. And again, that's something that can be developed, but natural swing is a thing like we see with Bhuvaneshwar Kumar naturally just brings it back. So on a track, maybe in Australia, I think he's going to have a lot of su- success. And I think India should continue to use him as a net bowler. But this kid has a bright future. And if he just continues to work on himself, SRH have a staple at a bowling position. And India has a staple at a bowling position. Again, having, having a look, as you said, at the rest of the Indian bowlers, fast bowlers, India have got a lot of them. 
and all of them have got line in length, yeah. but not many have taste. And so Omran Malik, he's really differentiated himself from the lot, and it'll it'll be interesting to see now how he goes in in upcoming in the upcoming years. Yeah, um, Aiden Markham, I just want to mention him. I thought he was kind of an unsung hero. I think he had some of his blunders, yes, but I thought he was really good coming. Uh, down the rank a little bit for SRH, you know, especially after they got eliminated, he came in and kind of at least studied the ship a little bit. Caden Williamson didn't really have a year that he would like to remember. I think he's going to look for a bounce back year, but it was great to see Abhishek Sharma get more and more opportunities to open the batting and for him to continue to find some success. And we saw Priyam Garg get chances. And of course, uh, Rahul Tripathi, who we talked about close to the top five in runs. And Nicholas Pudon, who I thought, you know, really for him showed a lot of maturity in his innings this season. Yeah, and so some some younger players you've got there, like Sir Rahul Tripathi, or players who haven't really played too much at the international level, right? Rahul Tripathi, Abhishek Sharma. And in the absence of Kane Williamson being in form, I feel Abhishek Sharma is the other opener. He stepped up. Rahul Tripathi at number three. Um, Aiden Markram, as you said, down the order. And then also, Nicholas Puran, he played a couple of good innings there, um, finishing the innings off well. And he was also someone more like a Shimron Hetmeyer or Rishabh Pant, who he could also just come in, just slog his way through. And he he did that at times, but he, he was sensible as well when he was batting. He absolutely was. And again, special to watch um, these guys play. And these guys continue to develop Nicholas Puran, who I think could have a very illustrious career for the West Indies. He looked very good at this IPL. We'll move on to these two teams who we're usually starting with because we start with the teams that top the table. The Chennai Super Kings finished ninth in kind of a dramatic year for maybe some of the a team that doesn't have a lot of drama with it. Start with MS Dhoni stepping down from the captaincy is going to be Ravindra Jadeja as your captain. And then CSK starts losing. They're not performing. All right. Dhoni, you're the captain again. We're, we're taking away from Juddu. And now we're hearing that Juddu is very disappointed with how CSK handled that whole situation. He might have played his final game for CSK uh, against Rajasthan. The, the world really doesn't know what's going on. Jay, what happened to CSK this season? Well, I think Chennai, they, they were really uncharacteristic in, in the way they played. And the way their, their entire team was really, because... There was that chopping and changing you had in the side. Injuries did hurt them, but despite that, we see Chennai. You think Chennai Super Kings, you think a team which is going to only change itself if there's an injury. They're going to back their players for all 14 games. And I think injuries did really hurt them, especially that of Deepak Chahar. Yeah, Deepak Jahar definitely hurt because they really struggled to find that guy up top the order that was able to swing and move the ball. Um, you know, and again, you just look down the lineup. Prithviraj Gaikwad had a couple of nice innings. Conway has some starts here and there. Uh, Mohan Ali was good. Um, you know, Shivan Dubey kind of was a little bit of a disappointment, maybe had an inning here or there. And you're just waiting for it. And again, Jadeja not present in the 11 for a lot of the final stages of this IPL, which you know, makes a lot of people think that it's going to be the end for Arvind Deja as a member of the Chennai Super Kings. You know, do you think that the Chennai Super Kings may have done Jadeja wrong or done a little bit dirty with the way they handled the whole captaincy thing? Or do you think that captaincy thing 
as a whole kind of put a lot of pressure on CSK and maybe apart for their struggles this year? Well, I feel that for for this Chennai side, um, Jadeja was someone who, of course, they were looking as as a long term captain. And for me, I don't I don't see Ravindra Jadeja as a long term captain really for the Chennai Super Kings. He's an excellent player, bat ball in the field, but his performances were also negatively affected with that captaincy put um put onto him because. We we saw he wasn't really batting too well. Bowling, we didn't see that vintage um, Jareja there. Um, in the field, I mean, he's always good. But with bat and ball, we didn't really see that vintage Ravindra Jareja. And then there was that one game against the Gujarat Titans where they, they'd gotten the top order out. And then it was David Miller, Rashid Khan, who did really well in that game. And that game, I feel really did show that this this Chennai Super King side, they it was Jadeja who was the captain, right? At times you can see that, yes, Jadeja has been officially made the captain, but maybe it's just Dhoni making the decisions, which I think was part of it. But that game, I felt it was really Jadeja who was, with, who was the captain because in that last over, he brought back Chris Jordan to bowl. Um, in that game and Chris Jordan is someone who I think it was Rashid Khan I believe in the over before that where Rashid Khan just took Jordan apart or may have been David Miller Um, not completely sure but then to bring um, Chris Jordan back and not go for someone else that was it was something which reminded me of the 2007 T20 World Cup with the whole Joginder Sharma Harbhajan Singh thing where Jareja, he brought the experienced bowler in, which for the 2017-20 World Cup, that last over of the finals, that would have been Harbhajan Singh. Dhoni, though, backed the younger player because he knew Harbhajan was going for runs. So he backed those younger players. He backed Joginder Sharma. Here, Jareja didn't exactly do that. And then with the team combinations as well, we didn't see that backing of players, especially one big miss at the top, Devin Conway. So he originally didn't do too well. In the latter half, he did well. So captaincy-wise, I think, I don't know exactly how they handled the situation inside the management, how they told Jadeja, but I think making Dhoni the captain was the right decision for both the way Jadeja plays and the way Chennai Super Kings in the end performed. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's really interesting. I don't think Jadeja was truly I, – I tweeted out before um, the season that I, I didn't expect the play to drop from CSK. And, you know, I think there were tactical errors that were made. Absolutely, as you mentioned, prime example. And, yes, you know, you can hold a lot of that on Jadeja. I think a lot of it also – player's form wasn't terrific. I think you had a lot of guys struggling and this, that, the other – I think Jadeja's done uh, as a C- as a member of the Chennai Super Kings, which is going to be really interesting to see where he ends up after that. But, um, you know, I think MS Dhoni is going to continue to hold the captaincy for a while. And I think it's the best thing for them. I don't, I feel if, if it was true, and I, as you're saying that they just wanted a bridge captain, I don't think that's truly the right way to go. I would have it where whoever I think my captain is for the next 10 years, and maybe they thought that was Jadeja, maybe not, I don't know. But whoever I thought my captain was going to be, I want them to learn under MS Dhoni. So maybe it's premature to give it to Ruthless Gaikwad. But you know what? If he's going to be my captain, 
uh, in the next five years, he, you think he's my long-term captain, then you know what, youngster, you're my captain right now. Because I would rather you take that time to learn from MS as the captain. A, lot, a, little, a little bit of pressure will be off of you because MS can make decisions and kind of do what they did with Virat Kohli, the Indian side did. Um, overall, though, I just thought, if we're going to be honest about it, Chennai didn't have a good season all the way around. Their bowling wasn't great. They missed out on Deepak Jahar. Losing Chadar Talk would hurt that as well. And then from there, their batting had their stints, had their moments, but nothing really stuck for them all year long. Yeah, and, and adding on to that as well, that long-term captain you look for, I think there were two players in mind. One, Faf Duplessis, who CSK, mm-hmm. they did not take back. I think that was a huge miss for them. And then another player was David Warner. I think both of those players could have done well there at the top of Chennai. Um, and really both of them not picked. I think at least you've, you've got to pick someone who's got at least some captaincy experience, right? Whether that be a Fab Duplessis, whether that be a David Warner, whether that be a Shreya Sayer. Someone who's got some captaincy experience, and I feel Jadeja really wasn't that right option. Yeah, I thought they would go after Shreya Sayer, support that middle order, get somebody who you know, you know is going to be your captain for a long time. Um, but again, it's going to be an interesting give and take here. What CSK does from here, Jadeja, I do not think will be back with the men in yellow. And I think Dhoni will, of course, be the captain coming into the 2023 IPL. Sounds weird to say 2023 already, but it's already that halfway point in the year. So let's jump into the team that usually finishes quite near the top. They finished near the bottom. This is a team I told you, Jay, I didn't have a lot of expectations for. I didn't think they'd make the playoff because I thought they were missing that second strike bowler. They picked up Jafar Archer in the auction, but was not able to play. It's the Mumbai Indians who just struggled from basically top to bottom. You know, you had some knocks from Rohit Sharma, had some from Ishan Kishan. Sudhikumar Yadav was maybe their best bat all throughout the tournament, but I struggled. I thought they struggled really in the middle. Their strength for a long time was those three all-rounders in Hardik Pandya, in Kurnal Pandya, and of course, Kyron Pollard, having those three guys, they can mix and match and then give some overs to not having those guys up. They really struggled. And again, the one-two punch with the bowling. If you look historically for them by Indians, when do they struggle? Well, think about the year after Malinga retired. They really struggled because they didn't have that real second option with the ball. They go get Trent Bold, and now they're back on top. They're waiting for Jaffa Archer to get back. But I, I thought this team wasn't going to do well. Jay, what did you take away from this Mumbai Indians year? Yeah, well... Same there with with the bowling. I think we were talking about that in the preview as well for this IPL. That that was definitely going to be something which hurts them. And just with Bumrah, he was that you don't have that second strike bowler. Bumrah was going to be your first strike bowler there in the side, but he also wasn't really striking. He wasn't getting those wickets too many because um players they could just play him out he had an excellent economy i think six seven something like that was was his economy throughout the season but wickets he didn't get too many because you've got so many other options who you can go after when you've got the likes of bustle thumpy in the side jayda Bunatkat, who really aren't too good of bowlers um haven't really proven themselves at the ipl level and then towards the end i think riley meredith daniel sams they did bring some things together but Overall, the bowling was extremely weak for um, the Mumbai Indians. Yeah, and I think we all kind of expected that to be the case for the Mumbai Indians. Again, 
um, with the batting, at least you had basically your top three, top uh, four, if you want to you know, go and count uh, DeWald Brevis, who let's talk about DeWald Brevis, because I thought he would be in the side a lot. He was in the side a lot. And I thought he showed something, you know, didn't always have the biggest of scores, but you saw the talent on display. And for an under 19 player, maybe the best under 19 player in all the world at the moment, it was really special to see him come in some tough spots and the one down spots and really contribute at a high level. Yeah, and, and the batting was something which we felt that in the preview it wasn't really looking too good, besides that top three with Rohit Sharma, Ishan Kishan, and Surya Kumar Yadav. But then after that, there were gaps, and the gaps have been filled well, right? With yeah. Deval Brevis there, who did well at the Under-19 World Cup, now coming into this Mumbai Indian side based on those performances, and he's done well. I would have liked to see him play more, but doesn't do that. But still, in the games he played, he did really well. And then another name there, Tilak Varma, an Indian option. He also performed extremely well, I feel, with the bat. He absolutely did. Tim David saw some good knocks, but Tilak Varma was something special to watch. And I know a lot of people are now going to say international, international, international. I hold this opinion kind of one IPL doesn't change, at least for me, shouldn't change your whole outlook on your career. I think, okay, let's see you in two IPLs, see you in three IPLs, see if you can consistently do that if you want to go to the international level. But he is someone who showed a lot of promise. And again, if you're the Mumbai Indians, the season didn't go your way, but you're looking for bright spots. And Philip Verma was definitely a bright spot. So if you're able to add in a couple bats, add in a couple balls, if Jaffer Archer comes back in, Philip Verma, you know, can be a great piece that you can plug into your eleven. Yeah, and another name there with the bat, Tim David. Yeah. Especially that finishing role now, Skyron Pollard nears the end of his career um, internationally with the Mumbai Indians as well in the IPL. Tim David, I feel, is an excellent replacement for him. In the games we saw, um, Tim David with the bat, he was doing well. Uh, and so Tim David is someone who I'm interested in seeing more of. He's a destructive player. Um, he's played in T20 leagues around the world and now in the IPL. Didn't really get too many games, but definitely a plus point, a bright spot, as you said, for Mumbai Indians. Absolutely. And so again, not the season you're looking for from Mumbai, but some things to build upon. We've wrapped up all the 11 teams, or all 10 teams, all 10 teams. I, I, I kind of jumped forward a little bit because 11 is what we're going to do next. After wrapping up the 10 teams, we talked about some of these great players, and we're going to talk about some more great players because we are going to give you our IPL 2022-11. Now, this 11 is just based off of 2022 statistics. So if there is no Rohit Sharma or Virat Kohli in any of ours, okay, we're not taking any shots at those guys, okay? If there's no David Warner, we're not taking any shots. This is just who performed in 2022. This is all on Indian soil. All right. And we're going to run through it basically how we did the previews where we each basically tell our openers, then we tell our next three, and then just keep going down there. So, Jay, we'll start with you. Give me your openers for your IPL 2022-11. Right. I think out of these 11 spots, the two easiest spots to pick were the openers because so many players performed in the IPL and in that opening spot as well, there were a lot of names which performed. But having a look at how difficult it was to make the rest of the team, I think the two openers were really the easiest to pick. Josh Butler, Kale Rahul, walk into the side. Uh, what you do you have the same or absolutely the same no questions about it Gail Rahul couple of centuries of his own Josh Butler explosive destructive and I think that complements Gail Rahul quite well because 
oftentimes at the beginning of his innings, he likes to play a little bit slower, can just punch the gaps. And Josh Butler, it's Josh destruction. It's just the more you can get from him. So I'm going to give you my next three guys. And you might be a little bit surprised. I don't know. You might have to say, but I have Hardik Bundia in my one down spot. He's also my captain. I don't know if we were doing that or not. I just threw him in there. Uh, I have David Miller coming in at four, and then I have Liam Livingston at five. So I actually, well, I've got Hardik Pandya there, that name at number four, I've got him. At number five, I've got Liam Livingston. And number three, I've, I've thrown a bit of a wild card, a surprise player there, Rahul Tripathi. Okay, yeah. I'm, I, I was sure at least one of us would have him in there. And, I mean, Tribati, 413 runs, loved his strike rate, nearly 160. And for me, David Miller is someone who I would have loved to have. He won games for, um, for the Gujarat Titans, but I felt with only four overseas players allowed in, in an IPL side, I'm like, God, Livingston and Miller might just be a bit tight. Um, and so I went with Tripathi, Pandya, Livingston. And something I feel about the side is Tripathi, that ability to play quickly, um, mm-hmm. that'll also help, especially complementing KL Rahul well, as Josh Butler did at the top. And then Hardik Pandya, you've got, who averaged 45, so he can also play a bit of an anchor role if needed. Otherwise, Pandya, of course, an attacking player. And then Liam Livingston, 437 runs, striking at 182 and you've, you've got to have him in the side so he's there as well yeah um you know for me the david miller pick was because i just saw his ability to when you needed him to hit he could hit when he was able to go and hit the ones and twos and rotate he was able to do that i was basically it was between him and rahul tripathi for me i was able to work my way around the rest of my 11 to include that other uh international overseas player in david miller but if I didn't have that other pickup, then I would have definitely gone with the Tripathi. I was like, that's probably the one place because I figured we'd have most, we probably have most of the same guys, but Tripathi to me made sense in that spot. It was just, I just couldn't look past what David Miller did for the Gujarat Titans because he was a big part of the reason they were, you know, they're holding up the cup right now. I'm going to ask you for, let's go with your next two players. So who's filling out the next two spots on your eleven? Well, as the wicketkeeper in the side, Dinesh Karthik, I feel the explosive innings he played, anchoring the inning, or not anchoring, but stabilizing the innings as well, rebuilding it when needed for RCB. That was an important part there. So I've got Dinesh Karthik there in the side. And then at number seven, I've used my third overseas player, which is Andre Russell. Okay. And Russell... Um, I feel that with KKR's entire collapse, the way they did, Russell's performances have really been a bit overshadowed because 335 runs, striking at 175, 17 wickets he also picked up. Um, He can bowl well at the death. So that's why I picked Andre Russell in there as that third overseas player of mine. I love it. Um, I, I feel really good about that as well. So for me... Uh, some changes in there. Dinesh Karthik, yes, he is going to be in there, my wicket keeper, um, as we come through the ranks. But I did go with someone different uh, in that number seven spot, and it's another Gujarat Titan. I went with Rahul Tawatiya, and I know, you know, I'm not the biggest Rahul Tawatiya fan to begin with. I don't think he is an international cricketer in the terms of overseas, but I think on the domestic circuit, he's great. I think that he has that match-winning ability 
And when you look at Gujarat, a lot of their time, a lot of times when it came down to it, he was your bang for the buck. Can give you a couple overs of off spin as well if you need it. Um, and I thought, you know, for me, I was kind of working away around using my overseas. I thought he was a great option for me to plug in there and have basically a big hitting, uh, really explosive middle order that could go really good. It's boomer bust kind of in my middle, but I felt Rahul Tewatia there. I thought he deserved it for the way he played all IPO. Yeah, and, and Tewati, I feel the the way he played just last last over finishes were something we saw with the Gujarat Titans, and often you had Rahul uh, Rahul Tewatia there, who was there in the last over those pressure situations, and he was there getting Gujarat over the line. So yeah, definitely, I think good pick there, and someone who I feel would. If, if I were to make a second 11, definitely Tewatia walks into this side. And yeah, so a good option there. Now, your, your next, your last four then? 8, 9, 10, 11? All right. So my last four, I went Ravi from the Nushman. I thought, you know, he deserved to be in the 11. Um, I know it's another spin option, but what he did bat and ball, I thought was really special. Again, I'm trying to not use my overseas option. So I went with the Mohammed Shami as the pace, bo- one of the pace bowlers. I went with Rabada as my fourth and final overseas option as the other pace bowler. And then I finish it off with the leg spin of Yuzender Chahal. Right. So I've also got Yuzender Chahal there. And now for, for the other three, Mohammed Shami, he also in my side, he's also in my side. So Shami Chahal, the two constants we've had in our team for the final four. And Shami, I feel also in the power play, he, he'll give me a wicket every game. Yep. He'll get that early breakthrough. And I feel that that's really important there. So I've got Shami in the side. And now I've got two more left. And for those two more, there's one overseas. And I was thinking, uh, Hasaranga or Rabada? Hasaranga, Rabada, Hasaranga, Rabada. I eventually ended up going with the spin of Hasaranga. And for that other fast bowler there, um, for that other fast bowler, then it had to be an Indian option. And I'll get back to Hasaranga in a second, but had to be an Indian Indian option. And I wanted someone who could bowl at the death, kind of accompanying Andre Russell as well there, because I've got Hardik Pandya and Shami who can really open the attack. So now more of a death bowler, I was thinking it's either got to be Harshal Patel or it's got to be Arshdeep Singh for that death bowling. And eventually what was a tough decision, I feel the bowling was just, the toughest to decide between. And so I eventually ended up going Harshal Patel. And Arshdeep Singh, definitely an option. um, Definitely an option there. But I feel Harshal Patel, he's gotten more wickets. And while Arshdeep Singh was more consistent, I've got other bowling options, right? I've got, of course, the last five. But additionally, I've got Liam Livingston, that sixth bowling option. Hardik Pandya, that seventh bowling option. So seven bowling options. If one of them doesn't work, I can. St- if Harshal Patel there doesn't work, I can still turn to someone else. And so Harshal Patel, more of that wicket-taking bowler than Arshdeep Singh, I feel at least in this edition of the IPL. So I've got him there, and then one into Asaranga. I mean, twenty-six wickets. There were just two games where he didn't take a wicket. He's got a four-wicket all, a five-wicket all. So I thought, you know, why not as an accompanying spinner there to use Winder Chahal. Something we could have seen for RCB had it not been for them not retaining Chell. But 
Hazarangachel both as the two spinners in my team, and then Liam Livingston, of course, that third spinner in the side. I love it. I love the Hasaranga pick, and again, it was just I felt Rabada had to be in my side. I wanted that other pace option, um, and that was really it. Was I picked Ashwin because again, what he did with the ball wasn't quite to the standard of Hasaranga, but I just thought the bat there was really important. So I, I love your eleven. I think mine's pretty decent too. Um, you know, we have a couple of places that we disagree, the middle order, and then with the bowlers, we have some uh, disagreements there. But it was a pretty all-in-all good 11 there. We got to get that a matchup one day. I know we have a lot of uh, coexisting players, so it might not work out the best. But, I, I again, I thought this year in the IPO, the openers, you kind of knew. I think everyone probably has Hardik Pandya in theirs. Um, I'm sure everyone has probably a Dinesh Karthik probably hanging around, leaving Liam Livingston probably hanging around. And then a Chahal hanging around. So I thought the other places are just things you could stick in there. Guys, I was kind of debating were uh, Rashid Khan, maybe a could be Piadov here and there. Uh, but man, it was a great IPL. You know, I don't, I think you couldn't ask for much more. First year for a good job, Titan, and we won the chip. So I love that. But I thought, I thought we saw a lot of great players, uh, young players step up. I thought we saw some good performance as uh, more experienced guys and a lot of great storylines. And I think that was something that you'd love to see out of an IPL. Yeah, and then um, going back to that Rashid Khan thing, I think it was between Rashid Khan and that other bowling option. So for me, Asaranga, for you, maybe Rabada there um, in place of him. But Rashid Khan did well with the bat, but I felt with the batting I have with Russell coming in at seven, I think that eventually I didn't need that extra bat at eight for, for, um, for Rashid Khan. But overall, your side as well, a great side. And I feel that both this this IPL was just so competitive. You could make yep. you could make two teams, you could make three teams completely different, and all three of them could go on to win win you the IPL. So just the competitiveness of this IPL, IPL 2022, it was absolutely great. And you know, looking forward to more seasons like this in in coming years. Yeah, it should be fantastic. The mega auction did its job, it got the competitiveness, the competitiveness back in the IPL and we're looking forward to a great IPO 2023. Congrats to all Gujarat Titans fans out there as the Gujarat Titans claim the chip in IPO 2022 in their inaugural season. Jay, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, it was great talking to you, of course, and we're going to do this every IPL, at least next couple, whenever this guy's going to be a big star. So I know I'm going to have to call him up at some point, but uh, Jay, I appreciate you uh, spending your time. I know it's pretty late over there on the East Coast. I'm in Central Standard Time at the moment, so I know it's late for you. So thank you so much for staying up and uh, dealing with my hectic schedule at the moment so we could record this. No, no, thank you. It was, it was great chatting with you. And then uh, you say myself as a star, you're yourself, you're already a star there at the international level, commentating in the U.S. games, the other games in Houston there. So yeah, um, that was great. And overall, yeah, thanks. I think a great IPL and looking forward to many more. Should be great. I'll see you at Minor League, and we'll see all of you guys next time right here.